Welcome to the Bad Feeling Podcast. Chuck and Brian will attempt to entertain and inform you about Star Wars, the Old Republic. They will not succeed at either. In fact, the odds of a successful podcast are 12,367,000 to 1. The Bad Feeling Podcast is not recommended for consumption by Twi'lek, Cathar, Voss, Human, Cyborg, or any other sentient species. You have been warned. Greetings and salutations, my fine old Republic friends. Welcome to the Bad Feeling Podcast. Guten Tag. How are you doing? I'm Chuck. I'm Brian. And uh, this is a show that talks about this game that soaks up every waking second of our lives. Star Wars, the old Republic. Yes. Oh, it just takes up yes. too much freaking time. No, it's great. Uh, it is it's great. great. It is great, but still. Uh, I still waste a lot of time playing this damn game. I know, game. dude. Keeps even, me up even at night. now. I still waste a lot of time, you know. And I and I I haven't been playing as much as you know. I've mentioned that with the with the whole chapter. I know the ebb and flow of the chapter thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, I have. And I, you, know, so, you played the finale yet? No, fuck no. I haven't played the finale Dude. yet. I have actually been. I've been so busy. I've got. I've got a, a show uh, coming up this weekend. Oh, that's right. And actual, I'm, I'm on stage. Sing, I'm singing again. Yeah. So like, I actually have a show coming up this weekend. So I've been like at rehearsals and all this other stuff. So I just haven't had enough time to like get it since it came out on what it, it hit on Monday this right. week, right? It like accidentally early? De- early, early deployed on yeah, Monday so, instead of Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. I didn't actually have a chance. I haven't had a chance to pull it in and, and play it yet because yeah, it's been like a crazy it's week. Good. So I want to know your thoughts. No. So I'm, there's. There's some controversy out there. Well, we don't want to talk about it yet anyway because it's still too early. We want to let everybody kind of get at least a week under their belt to play it. You know, we don't want to pull up, you know, winter is come. You know, we we don't want to let people know (laughs) what's already happened in this episode. So, you know, we want to make sure that uh, everybody has a chance to play it before we really dive into it. We got a lot to talk about there. Some other time. Yeah, so that'll be probably next week because this episode we've got we got kind of a big one this right? one. You know, I know. So, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. but so, uh, but first, but first, show me. Uh, yes. I got to like iTunes, Stitcher, yeah. Google Play, blah blah blah. You know, subscribe, all that stuff. You know, do it, uh, et cetera. Badfeelingpodcast dot com. Yes, uh, go there uh, and enjoy stuff that you can we sign do. Up. And you things. can participate in the forums, listen to music. You can also uh, check us out on Patreon dot com slash Podcast if you want to support us. We would appreciate that. Yes. Taco, 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 including Andrew. Thank you very much for your donations sir. indeed we appreciate it because um you know we are fueled by tacos so, indeed yes it's the only thing that makes us somewhat <laughs> uh tolerable at right? all even on the show not in person no no you don't no. want to be around <laughs> like no. the air gets a little cloudy in here <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. that's why we had to turn the lights down we were afraid we we're gonna explode so yeah <laughs> like, yeah oh my god what is that oh. the fumes the chorizo the bites back fumes <laughs> But we do have, uh, oh, and a couple other things that we wanted yes. to talk about before we get Community rolling. things. Yeah. Passionately Casual Podcast has been around for a year already. What? The little podcast that could. I love those guys. Holy crap. That's Congratulations. Whole year already? Whole fucking year, man. Wow. They didn't put it that way. But <laughs> but congrats to Jesse and JT and Mr. Moxie. Y'all did a great job. And Sakari, um, it, it's been going really well. I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of you oh, guys. You did it. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Oh, it blew out the candles. They did. Stuff, man. So, oh, well, congratulations. Happy anniversary, birthday. What would it be? I guess anniversary. Anniversary, probably. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. First annual. Wait. No such Maybe. thing. No the, such thing as first the, annual. The first annual. Uh-huh. It's, uh huh. It's a. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. It's only the annual. Irregardlessly, mm. it doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> God damn it! Which your you your your there your and there 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 and there. Um, what I like yes. is is that I don't need to know which one it is when I'm talking on a to microphone. Talk. That's right. So I just you know I, I I did type something up the other day. I tweeted something out and it, I did use your apostrophe uh, re. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> I stopped for a second. I'm like, okay, is that right? That is right. Okay. Because right. <laughs> I don't. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. I really don't want to be that guy. Yes, I agree. Uh, Grammar is important. It is. It's very important. Right. Writing the language. Mm, the language. So and. We also have Master of the Written Language, Mr. Gary. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, the care package he sent, dude. dude. Rad, man. Cheese and beer from all Wisconsin. All Holy I know, shit. How the fuck do you send beer in a box and have it not explode? Did, I mean, like, I buy I buy expensive stuff for this for the radio station we work at. I mean, I buy <laughs> things that are hundreds of thousands of dollars a piece, and they come fucking smashed. Right. You know, and <laughs> destroyed. I mean, I'm like, what the, you know, pre-broken for our convenience. <laughs> And he throws a fucking box of beer 
in a in a box right. and it makes it here. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck is it? And just sticks a fragile sticker on top of it. I'm like, <laughs> that's amazing. He's I'm got like, buddies they, in the delivery service. Apparently, apparently. I mean, like, that's amazing. Either that or you pick it up because you pick it up and you hear ching, 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 and you're like, ha ha. Yeah. The guys in FedEx are like, oh, <laughs> you're gonna make sure that's good, there, bro. All right. Yeah. yeah it's good. Party on. Yeah. So, no, that's awesome stuff, man. It's so good. yes, thanks, Gary, for uh, your care package. Very, very kind, sir. And the cheese we, showed up warm. But, but delicious. It did not like. Oh my uh, god! It did not. Um, We're making grilled know, cheeses. It didn't hurt the gut. Yeah. So, yeah. Apparently. Oh, the, so good. The uh, it, that it just did, Swiss. Yeah, oh, it fuck, did good delicious. stuff for us instead of bad stuff. Yes. You know? I need more good bacteria in my gut. Yeah. Man. Right. Yeah. Raw. Oh, Probiotics, man. Good for. <laughs> it's good. Well, thanks it's again, Mr. Gary. That was very kind of you. And uh, if anybody else wants to send us cheese and beer, <laughs> we will happily accept. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. We're going to, uh, and it'll be like, you know, Roquefort. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, what what is this? <laughs> Roquefort and Turbo Dog. <laughs> Brian, you got a package that smells like feet. Oh, okay. Awesome. Sorry. Get the crackers. Uh, oh, well. Let's go to town. Yeah. Good I'll times. eat that. Yeah, whatever we got to do. Right. This episode, okay. um, we're kind of going to clear the path a little bit because uh, we, we don't really have a topic to talk about because we got a dev stream that's going to be happening this week after yes. the show goes live. Right. So we'll talk about that probably next week as far as the stuff that's announced there or not announced or whatever Who happens knows? in this dev stream. We don't yeah. know. Uh, so that's going to be coming up. And of course, we t- you know, as far as the last chapter, we want to wait a week for on that. Yeah, but we can recap the last chapter and maybe take the long view of the all of Kotfi and look ahead maybe. But this week. Yeah. Talk about now. Something special. What do we got right now? Something special. What do you do for me lately? It's amazing. It's amazing. We got a chance to go over to uh, the the EA offices, the Bioware offices, and and, and visit with some of the folks over there once again. Inside the hallowed halls. And, And it was a little worrisome there when we walked in the door. Dude, things being packed up in crates, I'm like, oh, Fuck, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh no, dude. All the artwork's taken off the walls, because normally you walk in the office and there's like Malgus there and a bunch of like uh, yeah, gaming a, literature, yeah, journal all the covers, covers that Swotor's been on. Things and, like, are framed and there's TVs and shit and it's all happening and exciting. We walk in there the, uh, last week and everything's in a crate. We're like, oh. It's quiet and yeah. things are getting packed up. This can't be good. Right. <laughs> What's going on? So they're they're in the middle of an office move. Yeah. They're, it's not like they're shuttering the, the yeah. studio or anything. Yeah, that was like question number one. It's like, so what's the state of the game? Yeah. Uh, uh, as of 5.30 today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. So they're actually consolidating offices with uh, the other EA properties that work in Austin. So Which, they can, as far as I know, as far as I, I'm not a, 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 a you know, guru of property values or anything of that nature but i can only imagine fuck. that where, where they right were now? and where they are are probably about maybe mm, a quarter of the cost yeah because i mean <laughs> oh my god where where their offices were you know it's a it, it's what's called the domain here in austin and it's yes. like a highfalutin place all in caps the yeah. domain and it's it's like the new up and coming little shopping area you know right. let's say they're right they're walking distance to neiman marcus you that know, is like correct. An yeah. actual Neiman Marcus that's like right there. So And it's know, not like the B stock Neiman Marcus no, no, no. shithole. This is not yeah, this is not what is what is that called? The the what what's, I don't know, the there, there factory is, seconds. Yeah, Neiman but Marcus. there there is one there. There's something like that. But yeah, it's not in, no, this is like an actual Neiman Marcus right. that's right there. So you know, that's what I'm saying. That's legit. Yeah, we can't afford to park there. And they we, went to we an gotta, <laughs> Yeah, they went and they moved to an office park. Yeah. And it's like okay, that's where that's where with other computer dudes like yes. uh, like all the rest of the with all the rest of the tech shops in town. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Right. Totally, yeah, yeah, and it's closer to my house, so all right, good times. Uh, but you know, the, the we don't have to worry about them shuttering the doors or anything like that. But we wanted to go in and uh, and have a little chat, right? A little so, recap, if you will. As we recap, uh, as we come down to the end of Game 4.0 and Knights of the Fallen Empire, we we sat down with Mr. Ben Irving and we kind of put him through the paces of asking a whole bunch of uh, this, that, and the others.
Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to give a big welcome to Bioware senior producer on Star Wars The Old Republic. It's Mr. Ben Irving. Say hello. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. It's good to hang out with you guys again. You know, you might know him from uh, all kinds of dev streams and right? all that stuff. But, you know, we get the voice. You know, we get to hear you this time. I'm actually all the uh, voice acting for with Australian accents across all video games is actually me as well. So there you go. Well right. A little bit of stardom here <laughs> uh, in addition to what you see in the flesh. Who knew? Man, I'm already <laughs> starstruck. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God. I'm going to oh ask God. him oh questions. Oh, my God. In case <laughs> anyone's concerned, that's a massive lie. I do not do any voiceover <laughs> acting at all. <laughs> like none? You don't even have, like, the, you didn't even I get... I mean, I've recorded stuff at home personally, obviously. But you know, no just bit, to test no bit it out. part in the game anywhere no. at all? Really? No. No, actually not at all. Well, who's going to tell t- you no? I've, like, I've <laughs> talked about it before. We've joked about it. But I feel like there's a line you cross there where you can never come back from. And I'm a little scared to cross it. So oh. uh, not yet, anyway. I figured you'd at least be like some merchant on Huda somewhere, you know, just a little, just a little snippet of something at some right. point. Tell us you've got the best hardware at the best prices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, I, that's a good idea, actually. Now I'm going to make sure I'm in the game somewhere, and the challenge for you guys is to find it's it. To right? Find it exactly. It's like I think that's a great idea. And we're going to hire 15 different Australian voice actors, so you can't <laughs> tell who is who. <laughs> I love it. All right, so brass tax time. Yep. Uh, we're here to discuss Knights of the Fallen Empire, game 4.0. We're just wrapping up with Chapter 16 right now. And um, so let's uh, talk kind of overview. Uh, did Coffee as a whole kind of meet the team's expectations for what you wanted to do with this expansion? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So when we set out to build Knights of the Fallen Empire, um, we really focused on this goal of a return to Bioware storytelling with choices that matter. That was kind of as we look through coming up on five years of the game's evolution, you know, and trying to work out what makes sense uh, for the game and for the people who play the game now. You know, is that different than five years ago? And what does that look like? And, you know, we went out and did a lot of market research. We talked to a lot of players. We looked at a lot of data of, of how people play the game. And, you know, one thing that was really obvious was that people were coming to our game for that story. That's why they entered the door. Now, that's kind of different from why you stuck around, and, and we can talk about that a little bit as well. But I think, you know, that return to Bioware storytelling in a year where Star Wars was really big with a new movie coming out, uh, that really felt like the right thing to do. And so we embarked on that journey to build episodic storytelling um, where, you know, you played the Outlander or a veteran of the Galactic Civil War, and, and you're at the center of this personal story fighting against one of the most dangerous families in the galaxy, you know, and in saying all those things, to us, it felt really Star wars and that was a big part of it as well. And so that's kind of why we went down that path. Um, from a did-it-meet-expectations perspective, like this has been by far our most successful expansion, and that's one of those things where, unfortunately, I can't tell you all the information about why, um, but all the metrics that we track in the game, you know, this has been the most successful. Um, it's certainly not perfect, and there are a lot of things we've learned you know, that we want to do better in the future. Um, but certainly from that part, that was why we did it. And, and I think for sure it's met our expectations and it actually exceeded them quite significantly, um, at least in the launch uh, of, uh, of the game and then kind of how we've told that story and now finally wrapped that story up. Well, can you speak to some of those expectations as far as, I mean, you know, we don't need like uh, this many subscribers or this, how much, <laughs> this is how much money we've made the rake in for the game or anything like that. But what were some of those expectations? Were you looking for new players or was it? Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to answer that question without giving the specific metrics. Yeah. I mean, like, it, like uh, so business goals wise, like that's the stuff that, that we currently talk yeah. about. But, you know, outside of, of specific business goals, like, did we want new players? Did we want old players? Like the answer is kind of always all of the above. Um, one thing we saw as a really big opportunity was to re-engage some of the players who played the game at the beginning, you know, kind of that launch day, that first year the game came out. You know, there was a lot of players who came to the game for a reason. And back then, you know, a lot of the reason was, hey, it feels kind of like a spiritual successor in the old Republic universe. And a lot of people came for story and that that was the focus of the leveling game, but then the story kind of ended. And so there was a huge opportunity to tap back into that. And we certainly have seen that through this expansion. A lot of those players who played in the first couple of years who maybe hadn't come back for a while, a lot of them came back yeah. um, as part of, of 
uh, the Fallen Empire expansion. And our theory, because you know it's hard to ever prove anything, is it was it was because of that return to Bioware storytelling and well, the episodic. Some were kind of left in the dark a little bit with like the Hut Cartel expansion. It wasn't kind of where they wanted to go or went this way, and they thought it was going to go that way, and then it, it kind of turned into a little bit different game. And like you said, it's sort of a return to form to that. Story. Yeah, and I mean, it's a really interesting journey to know you know be part of this live service that as the world changes over time and player expectations change over time, you know, you do your best to like see into this crystal ball into the future and understand what that's going to be. And so we've certainly along the five year journey experimented with different things. Um, but I think now we've really found our home in, in telling that, you know, deep story where you get to make impactful choices and we have incredibly immersive cinematics to support it. I think that's where that's kind of our vision for what the game is now. Um, but I think, you know, if, if we talk about some of the things that were missing as part of Fallen Empire, you know, I think it's fair to say that we didn't have as strong a focus on repeatable multiplayer content as we would have liked to. And I think that's something as we look into the future that we're definitely working on. And as we share more information about those plans for the future, you know, I think we'll talk about some interesting things there that are certainly different than we did in Fallen Empire, but speak more to that desire we've heard from the community to have uh, more repeatable and multiplayer driven content. Did you think you were going to get that kind of response before Coffee launched? Is there a correct answer? So what I'm saying is, is that is there, it, was that something that you thought about in your head? Like, oh, well, damn, uh, not missed opportunity, but at the same time, it's like, well, uh, this is one underserved portion of, of our player base or, you know what I mean? Is it no, I, I understand what you're saying. It was interesting, you know, going through that cycle and thinking about it. Um, we were saying, hey, well, one thing we are doing is there's all this awesome group content through operations and flashpoints that have become kind of obsolete because you've outleveled them. And so we looked at that and said, well, what if we bring all of that up to max level? At that point in time, you've got more group yeah. content than you've ever had ever before in the history of the I game. Still can't beat some of the ones, right? The ones and that and are re I mean, I'm I'm still getting damaged by some yeah. of these hard modes. So, but but it was fascinating because you know you look at it and we see the telemetry. It's like a lot of people playing the game had not completed all that content. Um, I think the challenge, the flip side of that, which is to the point of your question, is the people who had completed all of that stuff and didn't get something new to dig their teeth into, I think that's where the missed opportunity was. And I think that's the kind of stuff we'll look into into the future. Um, and unfortunately, I can't go into that today. And as soon as we talk about more of that with uh, Knights of the Eternal Throne, you know, we can talk about some plans around that kind of content. Well, I know you hinted at it in the dev stream before, you know, we're right. thinking about something sometime in the future at some point, <laughs> yeah. maybe someday. It's a funny thing I uh, we talk about a lot because it's like, well, is it worth saying anything, even yeah. not give all the details? And I'm like, well, whenever I feel like I ask the community, do you want us to share stuff the moment we have it? Or do you want to wait till we have all the detail? Everyone always says, no, the moment you have it, share the moment you have it. I'm like, that's cool, but that means I won't have all the details. Yeah, yeah, Are you yeah. sure you're okay with that? Because yeah. I, you know, I, I figure the more we can share, the better. The reality is just, we have to be careful about when we say things because we want to be confident in what totally. we're saying. And so from ideation to reality of implementation, there's some period of time, right? And that's, that's the struggle with when we can communicate well, things. Well, and it's that I want to know, I want to know it when you have it. Uh, and then, okay, I know it. Well, what are all the details? Wait, uh, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You can't please everybody all the time. You know? Yeah. But, you know, we, we've talked about Eternal Throne coming in fall. You know, for the people who live in North America, you can deduce the last day of fall <laughs> and know that, you know, information must be coming pretty soon. Right. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, sooner rather than later, we'll, we'll start getting this stuff out to... Uh, the wide world. I believe fall ends December 21st of the... Well, <laughs> we're in Texas. There's no winter. Damn. So... Yeah, yeah, te technically, <laughs> I don't think there is a Are saying winter's not coming? Is that... Winter's not like coming. 2019. It's yeah. 130 freaking degrees outside. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's... Um, Let's talk about, um, there's been some criticisms of coffee, like we talked about, repeatable multiplayer content and, and stuff like that. So what are some things that, that you've heard uh, that you guys are trying to pay attention to without telling me what's coming up? But what are some things that have resonated the most loudly with the, from the community? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, you know, that there are a couple of different areas here. One, if we look at the chapters themselves and the story, I think we were really big on pitching, you know, 
uh, meaningful decisions that have an impact on your character. And I think one of the mistakes we made is sometimes you make a decision in a certain chapter and the payoff doesn't happen until a couple of chapters later. And when we're designing it all and writing the story, that seems fine, right? But sometimes that didn't play out if you had to wait for the chapter to come out or whatever. So I think one of the things we've learned for future storytelling is when you have some of those decisions to make sure they pay off sooner so that it's like you immediately understand, oh, because I did that one thing, this other thing has happened. And so I think from a storytelling perspective, we put a lot of effort into that um, for, for things that will come in the future. Um, I think then for like gameplay stuff, I think, I mean, you guys have probably noticed the evolution of the gameplay of chapters from say 10 through 15 and, and come, uh, Tuesday, you'll see, uh, 16. Um, you know, we've put a lot of effort into tweaking the flow of spawning, uh, from doing like kind of boss fights and, and some of the scripting we've done there. And I think if you compare that progression, like that reflects the things we've learned based on player feedback. Um, and again, as we go into the future, I think we're taking more of those lessons and, and we're doing, doing more there. I think, uh, a lot of our focus for Fallen Empire was on the storytelling and the cinematics. And I think as we move into the future, you know, an equal amount of focus being put on gameplay is something that's really important to us uh, to make that feel as engaging as it possibly can be. So I think they're, they're probably the, the two big things uh, for chapters in terms of criticisms about work we've done. You know, there's always criticisms of why didn't we do this feature or why didn't the thing I love the most get enough attention? And, right. you know, there's never really going to be a great answer to that. You know, our, our general idea is, again, we look at the game, we look at the people who are playing the game and we say, hey, what did we think is the best thing for the future of this game? And sometimes that involves building content X and sometimes that involves building content Y. Um, and ultimately everyone's not gonna be 100% happy all the time, uh, but we just always try to do our best for the game itself and what we think gives it the brightest future. Going back to gameplay, one of the things that in my mind, so it's kind of a marked difference with 4.0 is the level of difficulty when your character's out in the world or playing through the Kotfi chapters. It's a lot easier than it used to be. You know, boss fights in the class story used to take a, a little bit of more thought and effort and you had to gear up your companions, et cetera, et cetera. Now we can, without sounding elitist, we can almost sleepwalk through a lot of the content. And it seems like that was a deliberate decision to make the game easier to play. And was that a deliberate decision or, or talk to me about that? Yeah, uh, it certainly was. So we had this uh, thought that, you know, in order to complete, if you want to come to the game and complete the story, you should never get to a situation where you can't progress because that's really unfair. Now, for people who want more than that, the idea was once you finish the story, there are all these other activities in the game where you can challenge yourselves and do things that are hard. But I do agree that overall, that's not that satisfying to the person who wants to play the story and be challenged. And so I think that's a really solid piece of feedback that we have heard before. Um, and I think that there are some things we can do about that in the future, um, but not things I want to talk about right now. But I, <laughs> all I can do is say that I agree with the point and it's something that we think, we think is a real concern that we want to do something about. To follow up on that, one of the criticisms that I hear you know, reading the forums and whatnot, is that it's it's gone away from feeling like an, an MMO where, you know, you have to level up, you have to pay attention to your stats, to more of a console where you play through the story and you just kind of click through the through the encounters. And so are you trying to tap into that console market or that kind of single player market or are, are we going to swing back towards the MMO and, and pay more attention to stats and gear and whatnot? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so certainly... You know, the dream of every game developer is to have the most amount of people play the game. Sure. And so I think there is a certain aspect of accessibility that's really important. And we need to pick the parts of the game that are accessible. And mainly that means when you first come into the game, making that be accessible to everyone while you learn. Now, I think beyond that, there is merit to making things challenging. And I think ultimately this question falls into the same as the other question around difficulty. Sure. Because I think you solve most of those problems um, by catering better to individual needs. 
for people who want to play things and and just enjoy the story and push one button, I think we should have something available to them. But I also think the people who love the rotation of the class and being super efficient and worrying about gear and stats, like I think we need to make that challenging to those players as well. And so there are a lot of different ways you could do that. Uh, and um, But I do think trying to solve that is something that's important um, that, that we should work on. Now, did you see that as a way to sort of drive more people to the game? I mean, as far as a selling point to be able to play through in that, in that nature? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things that... Um, it, you can't, you don't really market it that way, but it's certainly one of the goals, right? You know, we're building this storytelling game. People love storytelling. People love Star Wars. We're the only game in the market who does Star Wars storytelling in a year where there's a brand new movie. Like it made sense to make that, you know, start at 60 tutorial experience really easy and accessible. Now, you don't necessarily say that's what you're doing, but I think inherently, as a new player coming to any game, you expect to be able to jump into any game and just play and for it to be relatively easy until you get up to speed. So we certainly tried to do that with the start at 60 experience. Um, you know, so you could come right into the game, you could start the story that we'd been marketing and selling out to the broader market and you could just play and have fun. So that was definitely the intent um, of the chapter one experience, for example, jump back in and start another character and experience the rest of the story. If they, right. If and they'll hopefully play all the chapters. Yeah. And then in a perfect world, they move on to other parts of the game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people will do that and some people won't, but that's certainly the goal of it. Yeah. Well, and it seemed like part of the part, part of the marketing offensive, like right off the bat with those cinematics and the stuff that we saw, you know, commercially on the outward side, it seemed like that was the case. If you compare it to stuff like, you know, battlefront, which is like, this is a, a run and gun versus something that's trying to tell me a story. And it seemed like an obvious difference to me. Yeah, I think, you know, um, with any Star Wars game, your goal is to fulfill a Star Wars fantasy. Exactly. And different types of games fulfill a different fantasy. You know, you could look at, um, say, a Battlefront game that fulfills this fantasy of uh, being one of the soldiers in some of the most famous wars and battles in, in Star Wars history with a chance to be one of the most famous heroes and villains. And that's a really cool fantasy and we sell a different fantasy which is you are at the center of a star wars fantasy and whether you play a jedi knight that's more that kind of luke skywalker fantasy or you play like a bounty hunter fantasy you know you're playing as that character and it's more about your immersion in that story and the choices that you that you make and so we kind of focus on fulfilling that fantasy you know as part of this game talk to me about um the mmo bits so we've seen a lot of uh what used to be group content rescaled to be single player content, the heroics that you used to need to group up for flashpoints that you can now do solo. And even so much as far as the, uh, the story content, you can only complete it solo. You can't use a group. Um, talk to me about kind of that decision to really focus on single player experience as, as opposed to, uh, encouraging or forcing people to group. Yeah. So I think, um, I think that for the core story, like say chapters, like, you know, let's talk about the launch of Fallen Empire because it's an, it's an easy analogy to use. And we had the nine chapters at launch. You know, to me, it makes sense for them to be focused re- mainly around single player. Now you can bring a friend along as well, but like it's more immersive and it kind of makes more sense to play it as a solo player. Sure. And again, you can play with the extra people if you want, but that's not really how it's designed or intended, right? Um, so to me, I think that's fine to play that story and have that as your solo experience, I think is fine. I think then the transition is where it gets interesting because different people like to do different things. And I think in a perfect world, you have something that caters for everyone. Uh, and, you know, we have a bunch of solo content in the game right now, but we also have a bunch of group content in the game right now. Um, so what is the right balance between that? I think that's the ultimate question that's really hard to answer. Um, I think some of the things we need to do are to make sure that we have new content that can be played by a solo player or can be played in a group. And I think if you can work out a way to do that and deliver that kind of content, I think that's the right mix. Uh, And I think this time around we had heroics could be played by solo. You know, you could do some flashpoint solo, but then you also had tactical or hard mode flashpoints. You have the operations that are very much group centric. You've got PVP unranked and ranked. And so I think there's a broad set of opportunities there. 
Um, but the trick becomes, well, if you create new content, how, what do you pick? Do you pick it to be for a solo? Do you pick it for a group? What group size? How does that work? And I think that's, um, you know, that topic is something that we spend a lot of energy talking about. Uh, and again, hopefully we can share uh, some of our plans around new content we're building, you know, over the next little while on the uh, road to Eternal Throne. Okay. And I, I don't want to exclude anybody. Like I want people that like a single player game to have a single player game. I want people that play in a group to have a group uh, oriented experience too. But is there a way that you can incentivize group play? Because back in the day, you walk into a flashpoint by yourself, it's bad news. You know, you needed, <laughs> you needed two DPS, a healer, and a tank. And I did that plenty of times like an idiot, not knowing what this quest was. Um, and now it, it almost seems like there's, there's nothing driving me towards a group unless I already know that it's there. So if I'm a new player that started at 60, I can do a flashpoint by myself, and there's no real incentive or guideposts telling me to find three people or to use group finder is that something that y'all think about as kind of the incentivization or thinking about driving former single players into groups yeah so it, it's a really good question so i think um one challenge for a newer player to the game is understanding the depth of a game of this size Right, and understanding if I want to do a solo thing, where do I go? If I want a group thing, where do I go? And I think that's challenging, right? And I think there are some things we can do to facilitate that. Um, I love the notion that a new player comes to the game, they get familiar playing solo stuff, and once they're comfortable with that, they migrate to group content. Sure. And so, in the case of like a, a flashpoint, you know one notion was well if you play the flashpoint solo you get a feel for what's going to happen in that flashpoint so if you then went back and played in a group you'd feel more comfortable because i think there's a lot of anxiety for new players around oh i don't want to mess up the group or i don't want people to yell at me or i don't want to get kicked out and so i think the transition of getting to play a piece of content solo so you're comfortable with it to then go back and even though it's different when you play in a group, like the layout is often similar, at least like the person you're fighting looks the same. They might have different abilities or whatever. Right, right. Um, just knowing the map half the time. Is right, like even just the, knowing the map so you don't get lost, end up yeah. in a corner by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a really great way to convert people from solo into groups. I think maybe the missing piece is, well, how do they know how to convert themselves right. from solo to group? Yeah. And that's where I think um, there are some things we could do in game to improve that. Uh, again, I think there's a lot of interesting discussion we've had around some of that stuff. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of see if, if we can address any of it or not as we get towards the, the next big pieces of content coming up. Because I mean, yeah, with, uh, with reactivating so much content uh, of the content that existed before, you want people to engage with that content as well, you know, and, and also have that experience because it does add to the story. It does add more depth to it, but then also just that community aspect of far, as far as people playing with other, other players. But then part of me goes, I kind of want them to get kicked out. I kind of want them to not know what they're doing. I started, I mean, I, I, we all had to go through that when we started <laughs> first started playing. Right. Uphill through the snow. Chat. I mean, I had all the, oh, yeah, I mean, I was vilified for not knowing which, for not guarding the node. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> well, guarding the node is unforgivable, so no, let's just agree on that. Clearly. Sorry, not, not guarding the node is un unforgivable. Um, I, I think, you know, you make an interesting point, because I think a lot of us who grew up playing online games, you go through that trial by fire. Exactly. And, and I think the challenge now is, like while we have these fond memories of it, let's be real, none of us actually enjoyed it. <laughs> and how many of our comrades are kind of left behind. Yeah, and true. so I, I think, you know, nothing makes an online game and online community better than having lots of people. And so I think there's a real incentive to make that onboarding as, as smooth as possible so that we do have as many people in the game because that makes the community thrive. Um, so while I like the, uh, hardcore old school days <laughs> of like, if you can't cut it champ, this just isn't for you. You know, I, I think we would all prefer to, to, to get people through that learning curve a bit more gently. There are also different types of players. Like some people just want to play solo and, and I, and, but they want to play in a world surrounded by people, even if they don't group up, they just yeah. love to play solo. 
And then also people who play in groups often want downtime. You know, like you can go through like some hectic group activities Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday rolls around, you've had a 12 hour day at work and you just want to play by yourself and chill out. And so I think there's certainly merit to having both types of content between solo and, and group activity. But I don't think that it's necessarily like there's no crossover. I think the group players especially love to do the solo stuff as well. They just want to also participate in some repeatable multiplayer type content. Well, and, you know, compared to compared to other games and other, uh, this is one of those spots where, you know, I started as the solo guy. You know, I just yep. wanted to play the game. I just wanted to play the story, group content. I couldn't care less about wasn't one my thing. Then I started to get into the group content, but I also got in with some people who, who you know, did some damage to me mentally in some <laughs> of these things. But also now your BFFs, were, right? Yeah, but but also wound up you know finding some really encouraging people in the community as well. Uh, by learning and turn in turn kind of made me one of those people that when if I'm in a war zone and somebody doesn't somebody's new you're able to help them out and train them as well it's it still seems like that's a that's a big part of the learning curve and, and kind of important to deepening the community if you will no I think for sure I think the more people in the community that become evangelists for the game and and will teach other people about the game the better that's why we love doing like these interviews with you yeah. guys and other you know people's we people we partner with um, from a community perspective is because all of you guys are disseminating information about the game to a broader set of people and sometimes it's done in a fun entertaining way sometimes it's done in the form of like a tutorial or a guide but i think all of those things do help that person who needs to know they have to guard the node yeah. you know if you have people if you have a community out there who's willing to help those people that ultimately makes a community thrive and you know eric and i talk a lot about this uh, with the live streams why we have the community spotlight type uh, part where we feature people who are contributing to the SOTOR community um, because we value that so much and we know what it leads to that we think it's really important that we help facilitate that as, as best as we can so that you know guys like you are out there uh, helping us with the community. So I want to give a counterpoint to something that you, you said just a minute ago. Uh-oh. Which is oh. more is better. And I'm going to put that in the context of my PvP friends who like doing their PvP, uh, group queue, solo queue, but then all of a sudden there's an alliance alert which requires everybody to do 20 PvP matches. All of a sudden there's a dark versus light event which requires everybody to get Valor rated 5 and complete a certain number of matches. Certainly the queues are, are, are popping more consistently, but you're, we're, we're in a situation now where the hardened PvPers that know how to guard a node, that know what the map objectives are, are surrounded by people that don't know what they're doing. And the people that don't know what they're doing are surrounded by people that are hardened and are acting aggressively towards the new people. So in this instance, I wouldn't think more is better, but we've seen a couple of uh, occasions where the game's kind of driving these two disparate groups together. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing because we obviously do that very intentionally. Um, and I think the reason is uh, it, it might, there might be that issue in the short term, but if as part of encouraging people to do an activity they haven't before, you know, there'll be a percentage of those players who go, wow, I love this. I want to learn this. And then, you know, one or two months later, you know, they're now active participants in that community and it's grown. And so I feel like it's worth that trade-off Otherwise, you end up with a stagnant amount of people doing a certain activity that never grows, never changes. Um, so I think that's fine. I think in a perfect world, I would love those hardened PvP veterans to take more of a nurturing attitude <laughs> towards the new players and say, you know, because there, there are people, you know, that, that I've noticed playing the game or in playing other games that every match, the, there's someone in there who types in chat, hey, in case there are any new players, generally do this. If you're confused, follow me, whatever. And I think it just takes it like if, if I'm a new player in a game and someone says, hey, don't worry if you're new, follow me. I'm 100% following that guy right. or girl everywhere, right? Because I think that's a really cool thing. And, and I would love to encourage that. And I know that that's just a, it's a challenging thing, especially in, in competitive stuff like PvP. Um, but that that's what I would want out of it. So I I disagree with your counterpoint a little bit like I, I think you're right what you're saying just to me i think that's worth it as a means to an end of trying to encourage more people to check out the different activities that we have in the game well most likely those hardcore pvp players that are in there are not going to quit playing pvp just because some <laughs> people in there don't know what the what the hell they're doing you know the, 
<sighs> All right, uh, another loss. Chalk it up. Fifteen. Depends which go. team they're on, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if they're really hardcore, they got a group anyway. So right, I think so. And you know, I think that those new people are spread across all the teams and all the games. And you know, I, again, I, the encouragement I would give is for those people to to try to be as helpful as they can, as much as that might take a little bit of extra effort. I really do. I see more. I because I I'm the PVP out of this group, so I actually <laughs> see see more. Oh, he yells at me a lot. Uh, yeah, all in caps. <laughs> Damn. Well, I, I do see more encouragement than than you know beating people down, but uh, you know it is uh, it has gotten a little interesting at level the the high level uh, PVP these days with as many new players that have been popping in there. It has created some uh, some waves, if you will, in, yeah. in that community. Something that you guys announced yesterday: the cartel market pack opening experience and the item stash. Yep. So. The cartel market kind of as a whole has been in a state of flux over the past yes. few months. We've seen chance cubes come and go and be replaced and bronze items come and go and, and, and be replaced. So what's driving all these changes to the cartel market? Yeah, so this is my honest answer and I hope no one laughs. We really are looking at community feedback. Like that's the whole reason for all these changes uh, is trying to understand what players want out of the game and trying to make decisions that reflect what we believe is the best way to solve those problems. And so we certainly don't always get them right, uh, but I think we do a pretty good job. And so here are some examples. We introduced the chance cube because we felt like it would give players access to a broader set of items. Then there were some concerns about the chance cubes and a desire for more bronze items. And so we added bronze items back. And then there were some concerns about how we did that. And so we made some more changes. And so what we're trying to do is listen to, really the whole driver for all of this is listening to that player feedback. You know, the, the things we get from the community, the individual contacts we have that we reach to outside of, you know, the forums and, and, uh, and uh, the internet. Um, and then make changes based on that for things we think are what the player base wants. And, and that's really the answer. I think, you know, we just don't get it perfect every time. And that's why we keep making changes, you know, to keep iterating on that um, as best we can. And it's almost like building the game. You know, over time, there'll be trends about what people do and don't want. And we're kind of also adjusting to those trends. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how we get to that point. Okay. So do you think the the chance cube is a more elegant solution than bringing back old hyper crates because there's a lot of things that are no longer available like the the rep items you can't generate that s-tran imports uh, rep anymore that doesn't exist in the game is that is that a more elegant solution to just have a chance cube with some of those items in it or to bring back that old hyper crate yeah, I think that's a good question. So uh, to be honest, we have a whole cartel market team who work out the inner workings of that. And I'm not 100% across like all those decisions and how all of that happens. Um, I will say that they're the kind of conversations that they have all the time. Like, what if we sub this for that? What if we did more Jawa junk? What if we did less? What if we did more bronze items? What if we did less? What if we change chance cubes? What if we don't have chance cubes? What if we have double chance cubes? I'm just kidding. There's no double chance cubes. <laughs> a cube um, inside a cube. But, you know, you know so I, I don't think, I don't want to answer your specific question at the risk of getting it wrong for some current plans they have, but know that they have all those conversations all the time. And really, really very genuinely, they all sit there going, how can we make the most amount of people happy? Because if you do that, you know, then there are going to be more cartel packs out in the marketplace. And, and, and that's one of the goals, right? But, you know, there is a misconception like, oh, they just want a money grab. And, you know, and, and I think the unfortunate thing for that for us is we really are so against that. Like there are really easy and obvious ways to money grab. We could just start selling power. Like it wouldn't be a problem to really, really try to push making way more money on the cartel market. And we don't. The whole goal of cartel market is to give people vanity choices to customize their character how they want. And so really, it's all about giving players the things that they want. Now, you can't have, you know, unstable lightsabers every single drop. <laughs> but like the goal is to create an experience that is enjoyed by the community so that the community continues to support the cartel market. And so that really is the incentive behind all those decisions. Um, I just think sometimes that might not be so obvious because we don't always share or we can't always share like all the specific reasons behind why we made decisions. 
Um, but again, it's certainly driven from that player feedback. And we do digest all the stuff that gets posted on the forums about Cartel Market. You know, that team in conjunction with the, the community team uh, spend a lot of energy talking about the kinds of feedback in the forums and, and talking about ways to change the Cartel Market appropriately. Okay. And this is something that we talked about on this week's episode with the, the new pack opening experience and the item stash. The criticism that, that I'm hearing, I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to this at all, but what we're hearing is, why are they dedicating resources to this when they could be doing X? Um, so talk us through that. Yeah, you know, that was a question that we knew would, would come. Um, so we've wanted to do some enhancements to the cartel market for a long, long time. And we uh, have for a long time not spent any resources on that uh, to do other features in the game. And so this is actually something that we've been working on with very, very few people for just a really long period of time. And so we certainly didn't get to a point where we're like, let's not build any features to do this pack opening experience. We kind of have been filling the gaps in our production plan and the up and down swings of building all the content for the game. And in those downswings, doing this kind of piece by piece at a time until we could get it out. Um, so I think that's one point. I think the other point is like, there are a lot of people in the game who purchase cartel market packs. And so making their life a better experience to me is no different than adding a feature to make someone else's experience better in you know, PVP or PVE or whatever it is. And so I think that's an easy argument to make sure. as a player who maybe didn't get what they wanted this patch and to say, well, why didn't they build what I wanted instead? And, and that's just a, a tricky thing that's hard to answer. But, you know, this isn't something that we canceled other features over to make. <laughs> it's something we've wanted to do for a really long time. And we've just been scrapping together to make it happen uh, for a little while now. Um, and I do think for all those people out there who, who do like to buy things from the car to market, this just makes their life a lot easier. And I think, you know, those people will be very happy, which is great. It's funny. It's a, people think it's like a zero sum game. You know, it's like, well, we have this much resource. If we take this, they're trading it like the game. You know, right. if we take this much resource down, then you have to take it from over here. You can't play PvP if you're booting PvE. You can only do one or the other. Right, because there's discipline mixtures. Like yeah. the, the types of discipline and skill set we needed to build the pack opening experience is different than one we would need to build exactly. more chapter content, for example. So certainly you don't lose one for the other necessarily. Um, but so I, but I understand the argument of it. And, and again, that's why it took us a little bit of time to get this done because we didn't want to sacrifice, you know, any of the core features from the game in order to, to do this. But we also really want to do this. So we just had some people kind of make it happen. Like I said, in the downswings of other stuff, but also working late nights, coming on some weekends to kind of just get it done. It's an amazing oh. experience. Whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> it is really cool. It's, I it's love kind of, it. It is yeah. pretty cool. I'm stoked about the item stash. Things going in there and stacking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's it's amazing. Very nice. Um, I'm out of things to ask. All right. I mean, you know, without like getting into stuff that we can't talk about. Right. The, At least know, on mic, you know. Yeah. Then we, I think, yeah. I think We're going to give Eric noogies until uh, we hear more. <laughs> more stuff. Indeed. <laughs> well thanks thanks for talking to us I appreciate your time yeah thank you guys for coming in it's always great to catch up with both of you and thank you so much for doing these podcasts so regularly for such a long period of time it's uh, it's great to listen to them and, and thank you both very much oh I feel sorry for you <laughs> <laughs> So after re-listening to our interview with uh, with Ben, I have to just say that that if there's one thing that that he is very good at is not saying much, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> it's like he's yeah. so good at it. I love it. I love it because you know we try we try to press here. We try it's, to press, and there's only so much they can say about right. Certain Obviously, things. there's yeah, constraints, yeah, totally, but totally, totally, totally. there's a you know occasionally something from nothing can sort of be I know, I know. drawn out of him. But <laughs> I, I, I jest as far as that's concerned. But but when you when you get down to brass tacks, you're like, huh? Well, shit. What do we uh, know? Yeah. What do we really? I don't know. So, but no, he's a very nice dude. Yeah. My favorite thing is that if you're sitting in front of him and you're talking to him, and you ask him a question that's something this, and you can see the answer coming out of his, or you hear the answer coming out of his mouth, but you see the answer on his face, and it's something completely different. Right. It's like that's <laughs> like, huh? Okay, yeah. I'm not gonna push that one. There's I'd, a 
the uh, there's a lot of body language in there <laughs> where I think he means yes, but he's actually telling me no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, this is what this really means. Right. Okay, I can't tell you when this is gonna happen, but this is what's gonna happen. Wink, wink, wink nod, yeah. nod. You know, there's <laughs> nothing gonna happen by the time wink, wink. You know, like yeah. yeah. So no. Very we nice can't guys. Say we're going to announce something yeah, new. Yeah, but. No. And, uh, <laughs> yeah super nice stuff. dude though. Yeah, uh, totally. Really fun to really fun to hang out with, and uh, we were bullshitting before the interview too. He's, he's got a pretty good sense of humor. Well, and two, you know, as far as like uh, kind of having a grasp on, and we talked about it a little bit in the in the interview, having a grasp on what what the player base is looking for, what the player base is. You know, these guys play the game, right? You know, you you definitely can tell when you start talking to to everybody that's there. They play the fucking game. They play the game, you know. but you know, granted, they make the Kool Aid, but it doesn't sound like they always drink the Kool Aid. They hear, I think they hear and they understand some of the criticisms yeah, that are out totally. there. And you know, that's something that we tried to get out of them was why did you do X? Mm-hmm. And when people said this, what did you do differently? What do you take away? So, um, I I do genuinely get the idea that they're listening to player feedback and commentary. Well, when so. he said he listens to our podcast, it scared me. You know, yeah, it's like that, that, that's a bad idea. It, it, <laughs> it always does scare me a little bit when because I'm like because Wait, I know. Why? Well, <laughs> why would you do that? Yeah, it's like why would you torture yourself that way? I mean, I feel I feel bad for you just for saying that in the first place. But secondly. You know, we I I like to think that we're fairly balanced as far as the way we take on this. It's not all about just rah rah, sis boom ba, swotor swotor swotor, and that's all that is. You know, we're willing to call out this, you know, things where they where they lie. You know, and so I want to make sure that that's that's there, and I think they they appreciate that too. I hope in, so. In some respects, I don't know. <laughs> you know I, I don't know. Brian's been pretty, pretty mad. Lately. He's been pretty mad lately. So you know. I think we booked that interview before I did all that ranting about I, the. <laughs> I, actually, I think we did, didn't we? Like, I, I want to say that we did that interview. Like so the, thanks for not reneging on the interview that we had booked after I talked a bunch of shit. I so. think that we we did that the day before you released another one with like a really bad rant on it too. I wasn't <laughs> super ranty on the one after that. Okay, okay, I was only mildly ranty. Just a little, little, just, just, just a touch, a wee bit ranty. It's okay. Yeah, well, you know. I don't know. I, I, I <laughs> got my ranties in a bunch. <laughs> Ew. Oh, that's... Right? I don't, I don't know. That's gross. No. That just sounds weird. Oh. Something very strange about that. But, well, <laughs> what show is this? Oh, yeah, good feeling. Good point. Uh, speaking of which, make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, Google, Stitcher Play, wherever you get your podcast, and find us at badfeelingpodcast.com. And social media, you can find, uh, find. Um, let's see, I do the Facebook, so that's facebook.com slash badfeelingpodcast, and also on Twitter. At badfeelingpdcst. So hook up with us in several different ways. Do it. We Reach out. Spend some time Touch together. Me. In all the ways that you would like to. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that can be arranged. Got a bad feeling about this podcast. you enjoyed the bad feeling podcast you can contact chuck at badfeelingpodcast.com brian at badfeelingpodcast.com on twitter at badfeelingpdcst they ran out of letters the bad feeling podcast is not affiliated with bioware lucasarts or ea trademarks are the property of the respective owners